replacement surgery and was out eating breakfast later. What part did they, what portion of hip did they replace? Right. And, and she was out the same morning? Wow. Right? Wow. I was thinking maybe they stuck some Bondo in there or something. I don't know. Wow. Wow. For those for those that are online and can't hear Miss Bridget, her mom went in on Monday for a hip replacement surgery. Uh, they took her back at, what would you say, 7 o'clock in the morning? 7.30-ish. And 11, a few minutes after 11, they were walking out of the hospital, and she was walking into IHOP and eating breakfast and later walked into into Dairy Queen and had ice cream and got and that, home and, and was unloading her dishwasher and talk about the healing and power that was of God. A complete hip replacement. Yeah, it was a complete the entire hip replacement. And everything. Um, wow, everybody I know that's ever had that done's in the hospital for a couple of days. Right. Wow. So praise God. Praise, praise God. I bet Obviously, she, can. she can already <laughs> tell a difference. Praise God. So uh, we just give God the glory and the honor for the wisdom of the doctors and. Her, and honestly, the healing power of God. Right. Ibuprofen and Tylenol, one pain pill just to stay ahead of the pain right after surgery. Wow, that is the miraculous power of God. That is absolutely the miraculous power of God. I am so impressed. Well, we've been praying and believing that it would be supernatural, and that it was. So praise God. Uh, before we pray or do our confession, are there any prayer requests that we need to take care of? Miss Stacy? Go ahead. Okay. 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 That would be good. Oh, wow. Okay. 5% kidney function. Okay. Definitely need the recovery for that. Yeah. What is her name? Nikki. Okay. Mickey needs a supernatural recovery of her kidney function. Okay. All right. Brianna, what you got? Liv's GI appointment tomorrow, so we want a good report from that. And then also uh, we had a, re- um, a request. Uh, Jada uh, apparently had a severe seizure last night. That's a friend of Liv's, and they don't know what caused it. 
Um, and so uh, uh, Jada needs divine healing and uh, supernatural intervention um, in her body as well. Gotcha. Oh, on did the they arm? did they suggest surgery on her arm? Oh, you mean so a non-doctor said you're probably going to need to have surgery. <laughs> okay. And then so Liv needs peace, and then she needs a good, and she needs a good report uh, from the bone doctor on Friday. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's lift all these up. Is that everybody? I think that's a lot. Well, it's nothing that God can't handle. God can fix all of it. Right. Um, so we'll just pray and believe, stand in, and then Miss Brooke, she's not here with us tonight. Um, she's feeling a little under the weather. Um, just got some a stomach upset, irritation, headaches, makes it hard for her to concentrate at work. Um, you know, uh, you know, when you're moving houses, you know, you stir up a lot of dust and all that. Um, and then, you know, this, she's been going since before camp. So I think she just needs some rest. So we'll just pray for, uh, restoration and healing and, um, for her, uh, Brooke's stomach to settle down as well. Um, so just pray for her as well. She's actually joining us online. Um, so let's pray for these, and then we'll do our confession, and then we'll get right into the Word tonight. All right. Yeah. Go, go for it. All right. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, y'all don't just sit there quietly. Y'all lift up these people as we lift them up, and let's be in agreement and in one accord. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, yes. first and foremost, we want to enter into your courts with thanksgiving and into your presence with praise. And so, Father, we thank you that you are the great I am, that you are the great physician. You're the beginning and uh, the be you are the alpha, the omega, the beginning and finisher of our faith. And, Father, uh, for you are the Lord God Almighty who was and is and will always be. Father, we thank you that, that though we don't know how to fix these situations, you do. Father, we thank you that none of these situations are a surprise to you and that you already have provision in place to take care of each and every person. And so, Father, we lift up Miss Cindy to you, Father God. Father, she's new to the area, and for whatever reason, she's, something's occurred while she's been coming or moving or something, and that sciatic nerve has been irritated. So we, we lay hands upon her in the spirit. We speak to the sciatic nerve, and we command it to be calmed, to settle, to, to relax. For, the, for all of the areas around the sciatic nerve, if there's any impingements, if there's any pinchings, if there's anything being cut off, that those pathways be opened and that the signal can flow clearly and easily without any pain. Father, we thank you that her legs are healthy and strong, her hips are healthy and strong, and that there's no nerve blockages anywhere in the lower part of the body or in the spine associated with this sciatic nerve. And, Father, we lift up uh, Miss Mickey to you. Father, we don't know 
the full situation, but we know that her kidney function is very, very, very extremely low. And so, Father, we speak to her kidney and we command her kidney to come back to life. We speak the life of God into her kidneys. And, Father, if there's any adjustments in her diet, if there's any adjustments in her lifestyle, if there's any things that she needs, medication adjustments, anything that needs to be changed, we ask that you give her and her doctors the supernatural wisdom to make those adjustments, to make those changes. And we speak the life of God into her kidneys. And, Father, we thank you that both uh, Cindy and Mickey begin to walk in your health and your healing as you created them to walk in. Now, Father, we speak to Miss Jada's body. Father, she needs divine healing, whatever's occurred in her mind or in her brain to cause this seizure. We speak to that and we command whatever's causing these seizures to occur to release her and let her go. Now, Father, I don't know. I just have a prompting in the spirit. So, Satan, we command you to take your hands off of Jada's mind. We command you to take your your hands off of her brain. If there's anything that she's involved in that, that would cause these seizures, Father, we ask that you give her wisdom, revelation, and knowledge, and the strength to stop those behaviors. I don't know that there is, but, Father, we're just covering all of the bases. And, Father, if there's something medically, we ask that you give the doctor supernatural wisdom and knowledge to find what's causing these seizures so that, she may, so that the doctors may be a help and an aid. And, Father, we thank you that she's divinely healed and divinely whole in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, we speak to Brooke's stomach. We speak to her sinuses. We speak to, to whatever's causing these headaches. Father, we command them to stop, desist, and leave her right now in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I know that Brooke's been going 90, 100 miles an hour ever since we left for camp. She went to camp, came home, and went right into moving houses. And so, Father, we just ask that you give her supernatural rest, supernatural regeneration, supernatural strength. And, Father, that you fill her mind and her emotions with peace. Father, I know that she is a perfectionist of Christ. And, Father, she's looking to dot every I and cross every T. And, Father, that causes uh, people to not get the rest that they need. So, Father, we ask for peace and comfort to be upon Brooke, even tonight as she listens online, that, her, that every part of her body comes in line in agreement with her spirit. Father, if there's any allergy symptoms that are going on, we command those allergies to be broken in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, I have not forgotten Miss Liv. Father, we laid hands on her Sunday about her GI situation. And so, Father, we thank you that when she goes to the GI appointment tomorrow, that we'll have a good report, a clean report in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, I know and I understand that the, that the GI doctor may want to do some extra tests, and we're not afraid or intimidated by tests. For test results, or for test results when they're good, is just proof that the living physician has done his job. And so, Father, we thank you in advance for the good reports coming from the GI doctors on Liv's behalf. And, Father, we speak to the situation in the bone. Father, we've, caught, we've spoken to the situation about the bone. We've lined the situation up. What was does not mean that it necessarily still is. And so, Father, we thank you that when they re-examine her arm, Father, they'll find that the arm is healing perfectly and that there's no need for surgery. 
Father, what they'll find that the healing power of God is doing a supernatural work in the elbow and in the wrist in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, there's a lot going on in Liz's life, and we and she's doing everything she can to turn to you and to trust you. She's cutting off relationships. She's putting herself around good people. She's choosing to push in and dive in at every chance she gets. But, Father, we see that the devil is hindering her at every turn. And so, Father, we just thank you that the peace of God overcomes her and overtakes her supernaturally. Father, we thank you that she gets divine rest and divine sleep. We thank you that her mind is settled and calm. We thank you, Father, that you supernaturally show her to take authority over her thoughts and over her emotions. And, Father, we thank you that your peace rules and reigns in her heart and in her life in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, as we get ready to approach your word tonight, Father, we ask that you think through mine and Michael's minds. You speak through our lips the very oracles of God. And while we, while we discuss and talk about the things of the book of Revelation, Father, if there's other things that need to be spoken into the hearts and the minds of the people in the house and online, Father, we yield ourselves to speak that. And, Father, we just ask that you cause every person that hears this message tonight in the house, online, or later, that they'd have an ear to hear, an eye to see, and a heart to receive the good word of God. Satan, we bind you immediately. We command you to release and let go the hearts, the minds, and the, the eyes of the, the spiritual eyes of the people. You'll not hinder them to not be able to receive the word. You'll not come against their minds. You'll not come against their hearts. You'll not confuse what they hear in Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. And all those that agree, amen, amen and amen. That's what the word amen means is I agree, so be it, I receive it. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Well, Let's do our confession tonight. Thank you, Father. So let's grab our Bibles. Let's hold them up in the air. Why do we do that? Well, we do that so we can put our eyes on our Bible and we can say that we agree with this. We also do it so that God knows that we know that this book is real. And we, the other reason we do it is so that the devil knows that we know what this book is. Um, how much, you know, the devil doesn't know what's in our minds, but he sees what our actions are. Yes. And so when we do these actions, it helps to put the devil on the run because the Bible says if we submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, he will flee from us. So let's get him on the run. All right. Ready? This, this is my Bible. Bible. It, it is always true and the final authority. authority. My Bible is God talking to me. I read this word daily. I meditate on this word day and night. This word is rooted and grounded in my heart. This word feeds and grows my spirit. Therefore, my flesh does not control me. I walk according to the Spirit. I am a child of God. I have the mind of Christ. God's thoughts are my thoughts. God's words are my words. God's actions are my actions. I am a doer of the word. Glory to God. I always wonder what they're thinking. Thank they you, start Father. giggling in the middle of it. <laughs> well, probably because you and I goof it up for half the time. Glory <laughs> right? to God. Glory to God. Well, thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor. Pardon, I'm a little parched. Glory to God. 
Thank you, Father. Well, we're in the book of Revelation. Uh, we got about halfway through chapter 13 last week. So we're going to pick up in verse 1 and just read to remind ourselves about some of the things that we saw. Hopefully we're not going to make too many stops along the way um, until we get to where we were last week. Then we'll finish up 13 and we'll talk about chapter 14. All right. Glory to God. So Revelations 13 and 1. All right. Everybody ready? We're ready. All right. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. All right, let's stop right here. This is one of the questions we had. This is kind of at the tail end of last week. One of the questions we talked about was the book of life. The book of life. That word life right there is the uh, Greek word zoe. Z-O long E. Z-O long E, zoe. Um, Or another way of saying this is the God kind of life or the spirit life. Okay, so when it says, um, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life or the book of Zoe, um, what it means is, is the people that will be here during the tribulation that are not yet born again, that have not yet received Jesus or have yet or are still um or have turned away from Christ, that. those are the people that are going to worship uh, this beast. Okay? Now, we did see, we did talk about, just to give you a summary, just to bring you back, just to kind of prompt some things in your memory. Um, remember, the book of Revelation, John, this is a revelation that John got towards the very end of his life um, there on the island of Patmos. So John is, uh, at the end of his life, he's had a lot of, uh, he, he's had a lot of uh, persecution. Um, in fact, he's in prison on Patmos. Um, but he's had a lot of time. If you'll remember, John was one that walked with Jesus. In fact, John was uh, uh, what we call him John the Beloved. Remember, John was really one of Jesus' closest 
friends or closest companions. Remember, John got to go up, you know, when uh, Jesus went and uh, revived uh, Jairus' daughter, John went in the room. When Jesus uh, went upon, up onto the mount, to the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus met with uh, the Father God and Moses and Elijah. Remember, Jesus is up there, and in, in, while he's on the mountain, he's transformed into his holy, um, what we often refer to as he was transformed into his glorified state or his glorified body. And John was one of the ones that got to see that. John was one that got to see Moses and Elijah and God. Remember, um, you know, he was right there. And then remember, John was also uh, there with Jesus um, at, the, at the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was the one that, you know, the, one of the ones that fell asleep when Jesus needed him to pray. So when we think about all of these things that John saw and that John experienced while he was walking with Jesus, um, we have to we have to stop and realize that John understood the spirit realm on a level that most other people did not. Okay? And we've talked about this a lot and I've been pushing our congregation as a whole that we've got to stop looking at the world and looking at our walk from a strictly natural position. Because the reality is the truth is is you're a spirit. You're a spirit. The real part of you, the eternal part of you, the part of you that's going to live forever and that is now heaven-bound is a spirit. And that's true for each and every single one of us. So, if, And the biggest problem in the world that we have today is we spend a lifetime, from the time our babies come out of the womb, we start teaching them and training them about the natural, and we teach them nothing about the supernatural. In fact, it's commonplace in society now that we say, well, we're not going to talk to them about anything about the spirit. When they get old, they can figure it out for themselves. When they become an adult, they can figure it out for themselves. Well, by the time they're an adult, the devil already has a hold of them. Yep. It's too late by the time they're an adult. We've got to get this to them. If we would teach our babies, as we would put, if we put as much effort into training our children in the supernatural as we do in the natural, the devil would not have a hold of our nation. He would not. He would not. So even more than that, if we put as much effort into training them in the supernatural as we do into training them in sports. <laughs> that's another true spot. Okay. Um, now, and, and, well, and, well, our, can our kids even understand the spirit at that age? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why, honestly, in this church, we don't want our, ch- we don't want our babies, we don't want our kinder, our nursery age kids, our children's kids, we don't want them in the nursery and in the back of the church when praise and worship is going on. Why? Because their spirit is alive unto God, and they're gonna recognize the angels in the house before we ever do. They're going to see when Jesus comes in the house before we ever do. Why? Because their spirits are attentive to God. Uh, Brianna, I remember when she was, how old was she, what, five or so, five or six? Uh, The youth, it was common practice when Pastor Mike and I were youth ministers. um, We made, this is why the young adults and the youth still sit on the front row. Um, Why would you let your young adults and your youth sit in the back row where they could be a problem when they need to be as close to the anointing as possible? Amen. Where they need to be focused and not distracted. It was mandatory when we were in youth, when we were the youth ministers. Where did y'all sit? Front row. Front row. Front row. 
Front row. Why? Because we were teaching them and training them how to receive in church. Uh, on Sunday mornings, were you in the youth department or were you in adult service? They were in adult service. Did y'all like it all the time? No. Why? They wanted to go have fun. But what we were putting in them was so much more valuable. We told them, we said, listen, don't, yes, listen to the pastor, but pay attention to how Pastor Mike and I respond and respond in kind. So when pastor would be preaching, we'd say amen, and then we'd look at the youth. Why are y'all being quiet? Come on, receive it. Come on. You know, so one thing that we did with our youth is we taught them to go to the altar to worship. We, or we told them. I, you know, praise and worship, I got up, I stepped up, and I stood right, I mean, right on top of the praise team practically. Why? I was setting an example for them to get over into the spirit. And uh, so we started that with the youth, and then we had wonderful children's teachers that said, shouldn't our children do the same thing? And we said, yes. So in time, they did. Well, praise God. But before our children got there, the children were in the pews, the youth were at the front, and I'm standing there just worshiping Jesus with everything that I have. And our Brianna, I don't know, she was five or six years old at that point. And listen, if you understood Brianna as a child, you would know how out of complete character this was for her. Because she really felt like she was unseen, she was a nobody, the devil was in her ear as he does to so many children. But what happened was because her spirit was still alive onto God, and she saw the heavenlies open up to open up at the, at the altar. She said, I want to be a part of that. She shot out of the pew out of Mama's hands and came to the front, and she just raised her hands. And I'm telling you what, she sang it at a volume that almost outdid me. That all my five or six, she almost outdid me. And it just about, I mean, and it jerked tears out of my eyes. Not because, why? Because I realized she was in the spirit and doing spiritual things at such a young, tender age. Our children can get it. Our children can get it at an age that we can't ever, on a level that we can't imagine. Our children can get and understand the things of God. And if you paid attention to our testimony service, uh, we had Dakota in the house, which was another one of our youth that now is a father, and she had a word from the Lord. She said, when your daughter wants to go to the altar to worship, don't stop her. It's going to help her later on in life. How much you know, that's a heavenly, that, that's a heavenly word. Amen. So what I'm saying is, is we have to learn, well, what does this have to do with the book of Revelation? We have to learn to look at things from a spirit standpoint. If you look at the book of Revelation strictly from the natural, you are going to be so confused. You're going to be so, you are, you are going to, I mean, you are going to have images of your head of an evil God because you're not understanding the terminology and you're not looking at it from a spiritual standpoint. God, I pointed out through this study that when God talks about death, he's talking about spiritual death. He's talking about when that real part of you, that eternal part of you, that part of you that lives forever, when God says dead, he's talking about that part of you being cut off from him for all of eternity. That's how the devil talks about it, too. The devil, I mean, yes, if he can take you out in this physical time while you're serving him, that's a win for him. If he can take you out, if he can take the Christian out before, listen to me, this is, this is, I, holy, if he can, if he can take you out before you truly understand who you really are 
and the power and the authority that you truly have, if he can get you to agree to take yourself out of this walk with God, it's a win for him. That's true. Same thing with you. Listen, if he can, and this is true for all of us, if the devil can convince you to drug, to dope, to take yourself out, to commit suicide, to say, oh, well, it's okay, I can waste my time playing video games, hanging with my friends, you know, spending time with my homie, getting high, getting drunk, getting whatever, then it's a win because you'll never fulfill the call of God in your life. And there will be people that will go to hell because the devil stopped you from your walk. Okay, and you don't want that. Well, listen, what if I only reach one or two people in my lifetime? That's wonderful, but you don't know who that one or two people are going to reach. Maybe that one or two is only going to reach one or two, and maybe those two are only going to reach one or two, and maybe those two are only going to reach one or two, but maybe one of those two is the next Billy Graham. Maybe the one of those two is the next... Um, William Seymour, you know, the brother that, that was behind, was, was the, was the root for Azuzu Street. Maybe that person is the next Reinhardt Bunky. Maybe that next person is the Kenneth E. Hagen whose ministry reaches around the world globally. Maybe that person is the next Oral Roberts. You don't know. But you have a part to play. And I'll tell you what. This thing about who you connect and who you attack, who, who you attract to heaven, um, it matters. And God keeps track of it. God keeps track of it. I got news for you. We've had we've had two people saved in, in the last couple of months in the church, and that doesn't seem big. But you know what? I've been in a church for years where not a single person got saved. So for years, where not a single person got saved. But in just the last couple of months, God said, huh, there's that one. There's that one. Remember at Easter, what did we preach? Does anybody remember what we preached at Easter? The zombie, the, the, the truth about the zombie apocalypse and the cure. And I mean, I've been chomping at the bits to preach that for years. And then when I did preach it, the devil was, oh, man, you have people thinking you're crazy and all kinds of crazy stuff. Do you know that a man of the age of 75 who had never received Jesus Christ got born again that day? Age of 75, who had never received Jesus. He, he knew that he knew that he was destined for hell. And yet he got saved that day. Yep. Glory to God. Right here. Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. But you know what's really cool to me, what's really amazing to me? Is Pastor Tommy gets a reward in that. Because Pastor Tommy was the one that brought us into the kingdom. But what's even cooler than that... What's even cooler than that is Kenneth E. Hagen, who brought Pastor Tommy into the kingdom, got, gets a reward for that. Gets a reward for that. And then um, Brother, Brother Kenneth E. Hagen, um, his spiritual father uh, was um, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, one of his. So guess what? Smith Wigglesworth gets credit gets credit and on back and on back and on back so these fathers of old as we're doing our work for christ another another reward gets in their line another person gets in their line isn't that incredible isn't that incredible so we have to and 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 so this is all part of the spirit realm this is all the wonderful good stuff of the spirit realm but just like there's good in the earth there's evil in the earth 
and and just like there's good in, in heaven, there's evil in the heavenlies. Not in heaven, the city, but in the heavenlies the, of, the, of the spirit realm. And um, so what we see here in chapter 13, verse 1, is we see that a beast rises up out of the sea. We've talked about that the sea often means the people, talking about a group of people. All of humanity. All of basically. humanity. So a beast, this beast is a, what, what is the beast? Well, we can tell from the reading that the beast is a demonic spirit. But this demonic spirit is not Satan. Because the scripture clearly says that the beast gets all of his power and all of his authority from the dragon, dragon, which is is another name for Satan. So what does this mean? This means that at the beginning of the tribulation, at the beginning of the the seven-year tribulation, after the church is called out of here, out of the people that are remaining is going to arise. This person is already going to be in place. You need to understand this. This person is already going to be in place. Um, uh, and But this person is going to be overtaken. He's going to become possessed by a very strong demon spirit. Now, what are demons and where did they come from? So glad you asked. So... <laughs> What are demons? Demons are disembodied spirits. They are spirits that do not have a physical body. This is why they want to obsess, oppress, and possess people. Because they are limited in how they can operate on the earth because they do not have a physical body. That's part of the curse. Where did the demons come from? So glad you asked. There's There's two theories... Uh, that, that seem to be predominant theories in theology. One is, these are the, the demons are the angels that were kicked out, the third of the angels that were kicked out of heaven with Satan. The second idea is that, and, and Genesis 1 absolutely agrees with this, um, the second theory is, is that the earth was once inhabited uh, by some type of race or being before the earth was formed um and and the bible kind of indicates this that there was a like the flood of moses there was a similar flood prior to adam and eve Uh, i mean noah i'm sorry noah so before adam and eve there was a flood similar to the flood of noah and they and they called that race the pre-edemic race Where did that race come from? Who are those people? Whatever. My personal opinion, my personal opinion is uh, those are the angels. That's my personal opinion. Uh, Don't know. Does it matter? Does it affect your life? No, it doesn't. Huh? Why was there a flood before Adam and Eve? Because the earth, again, just like Adam and Eve, there were. Supposedly. Supposedly. But here's the deal. It doesn't matter. What matters, what makes a difference in our time, in our, in, in our existence, is demons are disembodied spirits, and they need a body. And they are real. They're not imaginary. Yeah, they're not imaginary. They are very, very real. 
Okay, so he says, I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. So what John saw in the spirit is he saw a very powerful demonic spirit take possession of a person in all, in, in, in that spirit overtook a person and possessed them. And that person, whoever this person is, when it talks about the crowns and the horns and all of that, um, this person is going to have rule and reign over uh, ten nations. Ten nations. Some people say, because it talks about the seven, the seven heads and the ten horns, some theologians believe that um, three of the nations will be completely absorbed by the seven, and that's why there's seven heads. Um, but the, the gist is, is this is going to be a very strong political person. Power. Uh, he's going to have very strong power. Um, and it, and uh, who gives him that power? Look at verse 2. And it says, and the dragon, the dragon. The dragon gave him his power and his seat and his and great authority. Okay, where it says power right there is dunamis power. In other words, that's mountain moving power. In other words, this person will be able to, this person's going to be able to do miracles. That's what it means. Uh, he's going to have a seat of authority. Of course, he's running ten nations. He's going to have a seat of authority. Uh, or a seat. And then great authority, which means jurisdiction. Jurisdiction is another way of saying that. Um, so this person, now, here's what you have to understand. This person does not come to full power until the church is taken out of here. Okay? This person does not become totally possessed by this beast until the church is taken out of here. Okay? So everybody's looking for the beast, and the beast is not yet here. No. Okay. And then, and he says, and I saw one of his heads is wounded to death, and his head, um, and his deadly wound was healed. Uh, some people believe that this person will have actually had some type of head trauma and should be dead, and that people are going to flock to him and say, well, that's a sign. It could be, but I truly believe that the wound is going to be one of those ten nations is going to be a nation that was once a great powerful nation, um, and then the world looked at it as a as a small insignificant nation uh, for a long time, and then now it's back to power. What are some nations that that uh, we could say could be this? Well, look at Rome. Look at Germany. Look at Germany. Uh, look at uh, you know Russia's been up on power, down on power, up on power, down on power. Uh, some of your African nations have been up and down on power. You can look um, at most of the nations in yeah in what in in, uh, in in that in that area minor area and uh, so we can see that notice it says that they were that the people worshiped who the dragon which gave power onto the beast in other words they worship the god that gives this person his power so this person is going to elevate a god little g god but where he's actually elevating is Satan, is the dragon, and everybody and people are going to worship him. Okay? Um, and notice it says in verse 5, it says, And was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. We talked about this last week, that these 
that this person and the people that he controls are going to um, they're going to they're going to be smooth talkers. They're going to tell people what they want to hear. They're going to tell people everything's going to be everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. We're actually already seeing this demonic activity happening about the blasphemes. We went, talked about this last week. How many churches are already embracing things of Satan and calling it God? And many cultures are too. And many cultures are. Many people are saying it's okay to drink. It's okay to get high. It's okay to have sex with anybody you want to have sex with. It's okay to love whoever you want to love. It's okay to live however you want to live. If you want to take something, you can take it. It's okay. Uh, they're trying, you know, there's, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that's going out there. And this dragon is going to twist the scriptures and make it all okay. This is already happening today. Twist the scriptures and twist the minds. Um, why is this already happening today if, this, if we're not in the tribulation? Because it's all setting the ground. It's all setting up. Listen, I'm telling you, we are close to going out of here. I truly, with everything in me, believe that we are going to go out of here in our lifetime. I truly believe that every person in this room is going to see the calling away of the church. I mean, unless you allow, unless you allow the devil to take you out prematurely, I think you, every person in this room has enough life left in them that they're going to see the calling away of the church. Absolutely. I truly believe that. Now, what if you're wrong? Well, praise God, then you're going to live a long life, a prosperous life. So, well, Pastor, if we're all going to go out of here, should we just go ahead and just focus on that? No. Because Jesus tarries, and no man knows it. So we, we live, and we live our lifestyle like Jesus is coming back tomorrow, but we plan for next week, next month, next year, next 10 years, next 50 years. And the one thing you can, you can draw a conclusion of in what she's saying is that whoever this person is that the beast is going to take over, they're alive and in the earth today. More than likely, yeah. Now, now they're not already possessed. No. But they, but they might not be living a very moral lifestyle. Because that's what opens you up to possession. And they might be a child. We don't know. Um, but we do know that these things are going on. Now, notice at the end of verse 5, it says that this person continues for 42 months. This person is going to be in the lead for the first three and a half years. And because he's so cunning and because he's so deceiving and because so many people are going to worship him, he's going to bring a false peace to Israel and to the nations. It's going to be one way that people are going to be deceived is he's going to bring a false peace. He's going to lull people into comfortableness by bringing peace. Because here's the deal. If, you, if the church gets called out of here and then some dictator rises to, the, rises to the top and starts just persecuting and beating everybody, are you going to follow him? No. No. He's going to law the he's going to law law the people that are left behind into a false sense of security. Because right, when when the church gets called out, there's going to be chaos in the streets. Right. You think rioting was bad, you know? Back in the last few times, there's been rioting. Right. It's going to be worldwide, and, and right. he's going to come in and he's going to bring peace they to the nations, and they're yeah. and they're going to appreciate that. Yeah, you know, think about it. Think about how the devil talks to you. I mean, just think about it now. The devil talks to you now and says, go ahead, just kill yourself. It'll be better. They won't miss you. You'll be better off. You can, go, you can just go ahead and check out now and go ahead and go to heaven. 
You know, just go ahead, go ahead and go ahead and drink that drink. It'll make you feel better. Go ahead and smoke that weed. It'll make you feel better. You, hey, you've had a really hard day. It's okay to go ahead and get high. You've got full, you're full of anxiety. It's okay to go smoke that cigarette. You know, man, your boss just chewed your butt. I think it's time for a break and time for you to go uh, vape a little. You know, he makes everything okay. He brings a false peace. And then when you give in to that false peace, what comes after? Oh, you you call yourself a Christian. You call yourself a follower of God. Look at how you're messing that stuff up. Look at how you're wasting your money. Well, I you, you thought that I'd get rid of your pain, and now you got, not only are you still in pain, but now you're ashamed of what you did. How much do you know? He gets you into a false sense of security to where you surrender to him, and then he comes with great persecution. The seven years of tribulation is going to be no different. It's just going to be on a greater scale. They're going to have to get real committed. They're going to have to be more committed. That's, that's when their walk is going to have to get real. So her question was, for those that think they're going out of here when the church gets called out, and then the church gets called out and they're left behind, uh, are, they, are they going to have to, you know, kind of get their walk right? Yeah, they're going to have to be more committed. They're not going to be able to play. Did I get it wrong? They will have to be more sensitive to where they don't get deceived, yes. Yes. So it means all those years of teaching that they didn't actually pay attention to, they're going to have to pull that back up and start to pay attention to it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so there's going to be a lot of this going on. He's going to bring this peace. But notice in verse 8, it says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose name is not written in the book of life, the God kind of life. Of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. We talked about this book of life or this book of Zoe a little bit. And we talked about how, um, you know, every person when they can, when, when create, when the moment they are conceived in the womb, their name is written down in this book of life. The only way your name gets blotted out of this book is for you to deny Christ either by by the, by the words of your mouth with the intent of the heart behind it. Your heart has to be truly behind it or by your lifestyle, by your lifestyle. You can deny Jesus by your lifestyle, okay? Um, now, once you receive Christ as your Savior, it's a lot harder to truly reject Christ by your lifestyle, but if you keep if you keep shutting down the Holy Ghost, if you keep turning down the Holy Ghost, if you keep going, no, I got this Holy Ghost, no, I'm saved, I can live and do whatever I want to do, and it's okay, eventually your heart's going to get so hard towards God that you're going to end up rejecting them. The Bible is very clear. Jesus said, if you deny me before man, I will deny you before the Father. So if everything about your lifestyle says sinner, and people look at your lifestyle and they say, there's no way that's a Christian. Um, you might want to check up on yourself. You might want to check up on yourself because you're denying your Christ with your lifestyle. Now, with that said, um, there's some people, I'm going to tell you right now, there are a few people, some people, 
Uh, few means three or more. How many more? It could be 300, 3,000, 30,000. I don't know. There will be some people that will receive Jesus as their Savior, but because they are never taught, because they are never educated, because they never get into the Word of God, God will have mercy on them, and they will get into heaven by the skins of their teeth. Dad Hagen used to say it this way. Reverend Kennedy Hagen used to say it this way. He said, when you get to heaven, there's going to be three major surprises. Number one, you're going to look around and you're going to be surprised at some of the people that are there. In other words, there's going to be people that you thought there ain't no way they were ever going to make it, but they made it. How did they make it? Perhaps they came to salvation on their deathbed. Or the day before. Or the day before, or the week before. Maybe, maybe they were one of those that had received Christ, but had never been taught, and the mercy and grace covered them. Now, that's not an excuse to go without being taught. If you're in this church and you're hearing this message, you are now accountable for making sure you get taught. Yes. Okay? Uh, so, so, you know, if you're looking for that loophole, it's not going to happen. I got news for you. I got news for you. There's a lot of people, there's some people out there that say Adolf Hitler got saved on his deathbed. Now, is it possible? Sure, it's possible. But that person, I mean, the atrocities that he did against the Jews, God's chosen people, you cannot do that for your entire life being totally controlled by demons, and then on your deathbed go, I received Jesus as good measure, and God's going to take that seriously. Because it's an issue of the heart. Right. Well, your heart has to be in it. Your heart has to be right. Your heart has to be in it. If I say it just to purchase a ticket to heaven. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's just, that's what some people have declared and claimed. I, I, I don't know what the evidence is, but, but I do know that some people have claimed that in years past. Because here's the deal. God is a righteous judge. And yes, he's going to judge the heart, but he's also going to judge the unrepented sins. So unless that man had a real come-to-Jesus meeting on his deathbed, and I mean real I seriously doubt it's true. But back to what Dad Hagen said. Dad Hagen said, There's going to be, you're, going to look, you're going to get to heaven, you're going to look around, and you're going to be shocked at some of the people that are there. Then you're going to look around for some people that you thought for sure, 100%, were making it. And you're going to find out they didn't make it. And he said, the third and the biggest shock of all is you're going to look around and you're going to realize that you made it. And he said, that's going to be the biggest shock of all. Why? Because, yes, receiving Jesus is, is, receiving Jesus as Savior is one thing, but the Bible doesn't tell us to receive him as Savior. The Bible tells him to receive, us, to receive him as Lord, Absolutely. which means whatever he says, that's what you do. Yep. That's so, what you do. So, and, and on that note, if you're, if you're one of those people, and I don't think anybody in here is that way anymore, no, but if you're one can't. of those people that's looking for loopholes all the time, you've been saved but you're, he's not the Lord of your life. If you're looking for loopholes to get around what he wants you to do, you're he's not the Lord ground. of your life. Yeah, you're in dangerous ground. And, and you're likely going to be one of the people that gets left behind if you're in that position. Yep. Because, cause, you know, it says right there, the, peop, the people that aren't going to follow the, this beast are the ones that are, their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That means they're saved. That means they're Christians. 
Because that means they got left behind. Whether they got saved before or they got saved after, they still got left behind. So once they get so you know once their name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that means they've made him the Lord Lord of their life. It, I'll tell you what. If 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 I wake up tomorrow and I'm the only one in the church that that is still here, I'm going to get convinced real fast that yes. I've made a mistake and I'm going to repent and I'm going to get right with the Lord and I'm going to be one of those people. Don't make, don't make a mistake. There will be ministers left behind. There's going to be ministers left behind. There's going to be people sit, sit, that you know that are left behind. Whether, you knew, whether they went to church every day of their life or not, there's going to be people that you know that get left behind. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Why are we pushing this so hard? I don't know. Somebody needs to hear it, whether in the house or online. I don't know. But he noticed he said, those that do not have, their name is not written in the book of life, the Zoe. How do you know that your name is written in that book or has not been blotted out of that book is the way I should say it. How do you know that you've got it? There's a knowing on the inside. There's a knowing on the inside. If you ch- Now, your head may have problems. But down on the inside, the book of, the book of uh, Romans chapter 8, I believe it is, Romans 8 says that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are saved and heaven bound. In the time of the tribulation, the people that have that same witness will not bow to this beast. That make no mistake, there will be people in the tribulation that will surrender to god okay this is what we have to understand about the seven years of tribulation it's not to punish the people that have rejected god it's to give them a glimpse of what the devil really is all about and to give them a chance to get right and so the bible is very clear that even though this guy is so impressive even though this beast is so this person that is possessed by this beast is so impressive even though his language is very smooth and very cunning and he's very reasoning and he can do uh miracles and he can bring peace to land even though all of that is going on thank you jesus even though all of that is going on uh there are going to be people that are going to recognize him for who he is, and they will not receive him. And, and here's, the, Glory thing, to here's God. the thing about the, the tribulation. It's not really for the Christian. The Christian's already convinced. Yes. Even, even if you got left behind, if you've got half a brain cell left in your head, you're going to realize what's going on, and you're going to get right with God. Well, we can't say half a brain cell. We can't judge people in that terminology. But you could be very, very deceived. You could be, but but for the most part, most of the Christians that get left behind, they're gonna they're gonna figure it out real fast. Yeah. And that that's why I say the tribulation is not really for them. It's for those that never believed, at never all. truly that's believed right. at all. That's that, right. Those are the ones. Those are the ones that it's gonna be for. Huh? Right. Correct. That could happen too. Well, let's let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. That's going to answer your question right here. Let's keep reading. Are we going on to, to nine finally? Nine. If any man days. have an ear, let him hear. Listen. If any man have an ear, let him hear. In other words, pay attention Listen to what up. he's about to say. Stuff's because this is important. going to answer her question right here. All right. Verse 10. 
He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. Who is he talking about? The minister, the, the minister that leads his flock into captivity is going to go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Now that killeth with the sword, he's talking about that minister that brings spiritual death with the preaching of the word. What do you mean spiritual death through the preaching of the word? The word is very clear. The word is very, very clear that the, the adulterer, the fornicator, the lascivious, the unclean, the murderer, the, hypoc- the, the murderer, the drunkard, the liar, the um, partier, the rebellious ones, the ones in witchcraft. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He, the word is very clear that if you are a Christian and you practice these things habitually, you do not inherit the kingdom of the kingdom of God. So if you're a minister and you're causing people, you're causing your flock to enter into spiritual death, separation from God, then guess what? You also will experience spiritual death by the preaching of the word. Oh, yes, oh, honey. Yes, they, are. they are way more accountable. But here's the deal. You in the pew... Well, isn't the preacher more accountable? Yes, the preacher's... I know you get it, but let me help this for people that are listening. Yes, the minister is accountable for what he preaches. But the person sitting in the pew is accountable for discerning and judging what they hear. I will never sit in a service and just receive what the preacher says simply because they're a preacher of God. I measure every word that is said according to the word. It's called eating the hay and spitting out the sticks. We all have to learn to be good donkeys. We all have to learn. If there's something, I mean, I listen, listen. My family will tell you. They cannot watch 90% of the Christian movies that are out there. Because I scrutinize. I'm like, that's not in the Bible. That's not what the Bible says. And a documentary on the Bible, I'm like, that ain't what the Bible says. That ain't what, I mean, I get riled up. Uh, Michael's like, are we, I'm like, him and mom are like, fine, just turn this off. Turn it off. We'll I watch get it. wild. We'll watch it when she's not home. <laughs> they do, because I get wild up. I get, I listen. I've had so many people tell me, oh, you need to watch The Shack. It's good. I'm not going to watch a stupid movie that makes my God a female. I'm not going to do it. I don't care how good the underlying message is. That's a devil and a demon operating in that TV screen. I'm not doing that. I'm not listening to that nonsense. Now, granted, there's been some movies that have come out recently that have had this. I mean, really, the story is wonderful. The thing is good. But there's some misteaching in the doctrine. I'll tolerate misteaching, but I'll call it out. Listen, we are accountable Because if I lead somebody into captivity, I'm going into captivity. If I lead somebody to spiritual death, I'm going into spiritual death. My walk, my work, what I got going on in my life is more important. I should say it this way. Me making heaven is more important than petting people's feelings. Let me just say it this way. Listen. No cigarette, no vape, no Drug, no sex, no, just letting my red-headed temper get in my way is not worth going to hell over. I've got to get control over this body. And so do you. 
So, so to answer your question, Brianna, yes, they, preachers are more accountable. You know, yes. there's, there's a joke or a curse that goes around that, that there's a special place in hell for people like that. There are levels of damnation. The it, Bible says it, that there true, are, though. There, the Bible says that there are levels of damnation. Levels. Just like there's levels in heaven. Listen. I heard, I heard, listen, I heard uh, Joe Morris say this. Joe Morris said this about his dad. It's out there on the public. I'm not saying anything that he said privately. I heard it for myself on public stuff. He said this. He said, my dad is going to make heaven, but he's arriving in his Speedo. He's like, Dad, don't you want to, don't you want to, don't you want to have some spiritual clothing on? Because not only is there levels in hell, but there's levels in heaven. There's levels as in well. heaven. I tell people this all the time, and my dad is growing, so I don't know that this is completely true anymore. But once upon a time, I had somebody ask me. They said, "Is your dad saved?" I said, "Yes, my dad's saved, and he's going to heaven. But when he gets there, he's going to be in pre-KK. In other words, he's he's starting right there at the bottom." You know, but I, I believe he might be in pre-K now. He's working on it. He's growing up. He's coming up in the things of God. Praise God. Um, but there's levels. How much do you know? There's robes of salvation, and then there's garments of righteousness. I want the garment. Right. I want the. I don't want just. I don't want just the crown of righteousness. I want the soul winner's crown. I don't want just. <laughs> I don't want just a crown and no jewels. I want all the gems. I want, I, I don't want, I don't want just a tiny little pile and a big fire for unrepented sins. No, I want a big pile of reward. Don't you know that God says he'll pay you wages for the work that you do in the kingdom? He'll pay you wages. So, and so I want big wages and I want a teeny tiny judgment fire. So, so there, there, there's there's levels in heaven. So one way to think about it is you can get in on the on the ground floor, or you can be in the penthouse. Let's go for the penthouse. Who wants to be Come in the on. penthouse? I'm going to the now, penthouse. Now, when you get when you get saved, and then accept Jesus as your Lord, yeah, you you've paid your entrance fee into heaven. Sure. After that, what you do with your life, the works you do, and and how well you live your life, that that determines whether you're going to be on the ground floor. Or in the penthouse. <laughs> yes, I can do that later. Not right now. So, so for those of you that don't know what a penthouse is, I'm saying that for those that don't know what a penthouse is, that's the top floor of the of the great uh, of the great towers, apartments, whatever. It's the top floor. It's decked out. It has limited access. It's it's like. The house of the house of the house in a, in a condo in, building. In a city. In a city. It's, it's the best, it's, it's the prime location in the city. There you yes. go. Because right. you got the best view and nobody's above you stomping and the on the floor. rooms and all that. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep going. All right. Uh, Verse 11. Okay. Oh, wait. No, we didn't finish this. I was thinking that. <laughs> all right. Let's just start with 10 then. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So here's where we, listen, everybody's getting, everybody's getting just bent out of shape and upset at all of these churches that are putting transgenders in the pulpits, that are allowing the drinkers in the pulpits, that are allowing all of this crazy evil stuff that's happening in the churches. Everybody's getting bent out of shape about it. God said, Listen, here's what you need to know, Christians. 
If they're leading people into captivity, that minister's going into captivity. If they're causing people to be spiritually dead and cut off, guess what? They're spiritually dead and cut off. So just get patient and have faith that the judge of all, the righteous judge, is going to judge them fairly. And if they don't repent, if they don't get right, they're going to get justly served. And what does God tell us to do with people like this? He doesn't, he doesn't tell us to get mad at them and, and right, try to pull them so. down. He says to pray for them. Because here's the deal. Most of the time, if a minister is leading somebody astray, it's because they themselves are misled. They themselves are deceived. All right, let's keep going. Verse uh, 11. 11, okay, all right. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Okay. So he says, I, he says, I beheld another beast coming up out of where? Out of the earth. Out of the earth, out of the pit. This beast is the spirit of Satan, or Satan himself, the dragon himself. And he is going to possess a person. Now, it gives us a little clue here, I think. It says, and he has two horns like a lamb. Mike and I learned something amazing today. Baby lambs. You have he, you, now, genetically, they've genetically bred this feature out, but generally speaking, when a lamb is born, it has horns, especially primarily the male. Just nubs at that point, Just but, they, nubs. but they're there when they're born. So there's a good indication that this person is going to be young, going to be a young male, more than likely, and it says he's going to speak as a dragon. Now, I, I found this interesting because in the Greek, this word dragon is actually dargon, uh, or dar, dargon. So it sounds kind of like, when you put it together, it actually sounds kind of like dragon. Um, but it says he's going to speak like a dragon. What does that mean to speak like a dragon? Well, we know that Satan was in the Garden of, was in the garden of Eden. And how did he talk to Eve? He was slick. He was slick. And he was very smart. He was very cunning, and he used reason to deceive her. In fact, the he, Bible says he was the most cunning creature in the garden. Yes. He actually used her own terminology and her own words against her. Remember, she said, he said, didn't God tell you not to eat of the tree? And she said, well, he didn't say not to eat of it. Not only do we not eat it, but we don't touch it. And the indication from the original language is that he backed her into that tree and said, uh, see, you touched it and you didn't die. He used her own words against her. Have you, has the devil ever gotten you into a conversation? And he's used your own thinking against you? That's what it means to speak like a dragon. He's going to use your own wants, your own desires, your own thoughts, your own reasonings against the people. That's what it means to speak as a dragon. All right. Let's keep going. All right. Verse 12. And he exerciseth all power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So here where it says he exercises all power, this word here is exesusa, which means all jurisdiction. He uses all jurisdiction. In other words, he's going to take the jurisdiction, the authority of the first person, and he's going to use it for himself. 
What did you say? These are two demon-possessed people. Yes. Yes. Mari? Yeah, so so first is really, first is going to be kind of really the enforcer, really. The second one is going to be Satan himself. It's kind of like the lynch man is coming in, huh? Speaking through a man. Speaking through a man. So the first one that's coming in, he's kind of like the goon squad. And he's going to get everything kind of lined up and get everything in position. And then, and then here comes the godfather, so to speak, the head honcho, the, Satan himself operating through a man, operating through a man. Absolutely. And notice it says, and because notice it says, and he exerciseth all jurisdiction or power of the first beast before him. In other words, he's going to be using the first guy like a puppet. Sounds familiar to us in the U.S., doesn't it? Yes. Sounds familiar. Only in our situation, the first guy is using the second guy as the puppet. In this situation, the second guy is going to be using the first guy as a puppet. And y'all know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, it's okay. God will give you the revelation. All right, verse 13. (laughs) And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. So this second person, this second man who is possessed by Satan himself, this second man will be able to do, it says, he's going to do great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Remember when Elijah called down the fire on the altar in the Old Testament? This, this man is going to be able to do similar miracles. Now, this is, why, this is why I talk to you guys all the time about do not be deceived. I watch this from time to time, and I'm always floored at how people are so deceived. Just because something is supernatural does not mean it's God. Just because Satan and demons have a degree of spiritual power that they can operate in the earth through people. And I see this all the time. I see what looks like or is presented as ministers of the gospel stand up And they will begin to say, I see in the spirit, and I see this street, and I see this address. They'll even call out bank account numbers. And they didn't get it by hacking. They got it because a familiar demonic spirit is giving them that information. And because because they do this, because they give out information that people go, there's no possible way but God. They put this to God, they, they put this on God, and then the man says, I perceive, the person will say, how much money is in your account, and then that, by the demonic spirit, by the familiar spirit, this person will be prompted to say something like, if you'll sow all of that money into such and such ministry, then God is going to bless you, and they get all, it's God, listen, you just got robbed by the devil. You just got robbed by the devil. You might as well be reposting stuff on Facebook because they say something lucky is going to happen to you. Right. You know, (laughs) oh, if you post this post, God's going to bless you. Stop it, Christians. Stop it. God is not the lottery. God does not. God does not go, oh, he posted my post. Here's a blessing. He doesn't do that. 
God is a God of obedience and order. When you follow what his Lord, what his word tells you to do, the blessing is automatically going to be commanded to you. Stop treating the word of God and the abilities of God like a lottery. Stop it. Or a slot machine. Stop it. You're being deceived by by seducing spirits and familiar spirits. So, if people today who are supposed to know the Lord Jesus are supposed to know the character of God and they get deceived and they hand over all the money out of their bank account, what makes you think that they're not going to be deceived by this type of stuff? Right. Oh, it wasn't that long ago. Remember the oil, the Bible with the oil? Remember that nonsense? The Bible producing the oil? Oh, come to our church and buy a vial. Sow a seed offering, and we'll give you a vial, and then you can take the vial home, and you can anoint your house, and demons will flee. Where is that in the Bible? It's not in the Bible. It says, submit yourself, therefore, unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Listen, I can go down here. I'm going to tell you the truth. We had, remember Pastor Mike's dually? Remember the dually? You wouldn't remember the dually. Maybe you would. I don't know. You would, but remember the dually? Remember, we got, we inherited the dually. Listen, we inherited the dually from a man that was serving the devil. And the devil took him out prematurely. Now you can say, well, why in the world would you want that thing? Because God takes what belongs to the sinner and gives it to the righteous. So we were bringing that truck home with a trailer that was overloaded. And I mean, every time we turned around, I mean, we're driving down the highway. Remember the, high, remember the headlights went out? Mm-hmm. And the tire did something weird? And I said, I, enough is enough. I said, we've had enough of this. I told Michael, I said, get me the motor oil. He said, the motor oil. I said, yes, because we had an extra thing of motor I said, give me the motor oil. I said, oil is oil. And I took my hands at the gas station, and I took that oil. I put it on my hand, and I went to every wheel, and I, and I anointed every wheel. I laid my, head, my hands on the headlights. Michael said, great, now my headlights are smeared. I laid my hands on the headlights. I laid my hands on the hood. I laid my hands on, the, on anything I could think of to lay my hands on with oil all over them. And I said, this truck once belonged to the devil, but now it belongs to the kingdom of God. And now I command you to work properly. And that thing worked properly for years, did it not? Oh, yeah. It did. See, so it, you don't have to have some Bible seeping oil. All you, motor oil will work. It's not the oil itself. It's the principle. We even had the transmission go out on that trip home. We did. Had to get a brand new transmission. We did. We had the favor of God to cause it to happen. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Glory to God. Praise God. It's blessed. It's all good. Come on. All right. Verse 14. We're going to get done with this chapter. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Now, this power is a power we've never seen before. <laughs> this power is a power we've never seen before. This power is the word didomi. D-I-D-O-M-E-E. Oh, didomi. The, 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 the Greek word for that power right there. That's yeah. right. So what it means, this word didomi is by his own power. And it says, the, so we could read it this way. And, the, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth 
by means of those miracles which he did in his own power. These miracles are not done by the hand or power of God. They're done by the hand and power of Satan and only by the hand and power of Satan. That's what this actually says. That's what this actually says. And then it says, to do in the sight of the beast. In other words, the, beast, the, the first guy standing there, the second guy does this miracle in his own power, might, and ability, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. Uh, which, the first guy. Right. So, so what's he going to do? The second guy is going to have them make a statue or an image or something about the second, about the first guy, which, which he had wounded by the sword and did live. Let's keep going. All right. Idol worship, exactly. exactly. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. And again, that's the word ditto me. So, so the idol that they build the will, will actually come to life, basically. <clears throat> well, not real no. life, but he'll have, a, he'll have a semblance of life. He'll have a semblance of life. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. In other words, this guy is going to have so much power. Listen to me. This guy is going to have so much power of his own power. Satan has power. He has so much power that they're going to build something that should not be able to speak, and, and he's going to cause this thing to speak, a statue or something, and he's going to cause this thing to speak, and it's going to and give life to it, to the image of this thing, and this thing's going to speak, and when it speaks, listen to me, when that thing speaks, it'll cause many that refused to worship him to suddenly worship him, and in that moment, they're going to spiritually die. In that moment, they're spiritually going to die because they're going to receive the second guy as their God. Basically, they're going to be deceived into thinking that he really is God. That's exactly what's going to happen. All right, verse all right. 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he... Or save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. You want to speak on that? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. Okay, go back to verse 16. Go back to verse 16. you got to see something here. And he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive, to receive. Another, this word receive means this. This word receives means that he is going to go around and he's going to say, here, this is yours. 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 Notice, really, a better translation of this is he shall cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to be given, to be given a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. To be given. Okay? It doesn't mean that receive. 
in the next chapter, which I really hoped we had got to today, but we didn't. In the next chapter, listen, in the next chapter, we're going to see that same reference, but when it says receive, it actually means that you, now that, now that I've given you this mark, that if, it, it, only, it only affects you if you take it into your heart as your own, to take it in, to receive it. This goes, this agrees with what uh, the Lord Jesus uh, told uh, Reverend Randall, Randy Greer. Um, remember when COVID was coming, when COVID and the shot came out and everybody was like, oh, it's the mark, it's the mark, it's the mark, don't receive it, it's the mark. Remember that? Remember all that craziness? And remember we said, be obedient to the Spirit. If the Spirit releases you to take it, take it. If the Spirit doesn't release you to take it, don't take it. And uh, because there was a lot of ministers that were saying, this is the mark. Well, first of all, the mark doesn't come until the seven-year tribulation, until halfway through the seven years, first of all. So could it possibly be the mark? No. 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 Couldn't possibly be the mark. But they were coming up. They were, they were measuring the name and all this crazy stuff. But uh, so Brother Randy went and talked to the Lord about it, and he said, Lord, it just doesn't seem right that if somebody took me prisoner and strapped me down to a table and injected me with something, that that would be, and and I had no choice but to get this thing in my body. Or I didn't even know I was getting it. Um, Right. right. I didn't know I was getting it or whatever. Well, like if it was in a... would reject me and send me to hell. Like if they put it in a vaccine and they didn't tell you it was in there. Right. You know. Right. You know, he said, he said, it just doesn't seem, that just doesn't seem like a fair, righteous judge that because they forced me to take this mark that you would, that you would reject me and send me to hell. And God said, no. He said, I wouldn't reject anybody because they were forced to take a mark. He said, the mark of the beast is a spiritual mark. What did I say from the beginning of service? You've got to look at this from the spirit. Here, one of the things that you, one of the indicators that tells you this guy is the anti, is the beast, is Satan, is that he's going to make available to every person a mark in the right hand or in the forehead that's going to allow you to buy, sell, and trade. He's going to provide it. The question is, is when it is provided for you, are you going to receive it into your heart? Are you going to take it as yours? Because here's the deal. It's very possible, because this is going to be a militant-like time period, it's very possible that they could line you all up in a, in a line, and you're going through that line, and you're getting marked whether you want it or not. Would it be fair of God to send you to hell because of that situation? No. Absolutely not. So this word, this word, re- receive a mark, really needs to be translated to give a mark. To give a mark. He's handing it out. He's handing it out. All right. Let's read just a little bit more uh, from there. He says, And that no man uh, may buy or sell, save that he had the mark um, or the name of the beast. Or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. So John is telling us, 
If you understand what I'm fixing to tell you, you'll be wise to pay attention to it. And again, he's talking to those that are in the tribulation. There's way too much focus on the 666. Because this does not happen before the church is called out. Yes, we need to see that this is becoming available, which tells us that we're that much closer to Jesus being, to the church being called out. Because the more available it becomes, uh, the closer we are. Okay? He said, let him that understandeth count the number of the beast. There is a truth about numerology in the Greek and in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew and in the Greek, if there's, a, there's a number assigned to every letter in their alphabet. You can even do this with the American alphabet if you understand numerology correctly. Uh, but you can assign a set number to every letter of the alphabet. And then you can, there's a certain way that you add up the numbers. And the Hebrews actually did that because they didn't have numbers. Right. So their letters were also, were also their, their numbers. numbers. Um, if you understand how to do numerology, um, then if you add up the letters of this person's name, it'll add up to 666. Now let me say this. And apparently there's a lot of Hebrew names that add up to 666. This is just it's not just one. There's a bunch of them. right. So it's just because somebody has the name has a name that adds up to six 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 does not mean that they are Satan or that they are or that possessed they're by be Satan. The Antichrist. What this simply means this is just one of the indicators. This person is going to have to have rule over seven to ten nations. This person's going to have to come to the surface and become the main ruler at the halfway point of the seven years of tribulation. This person is going to have to be a, this person is going to have to do divine miracles like what you would expect people, expect the Messiah to do. This person is going to have to be a very smooth talker. Uh, there, he's got to be positioned somewhere there around Israel. There's just like Jesus, just like there were hundreds of prophecies that Jesus had to fulfill, this person that is, uh, which is Satan embodied in a human person, has many prophecies and many things that he has to be fulfilled in order to be this person. Does that make sense? Yes. Cool. Awesome. And just like, just like there's many people with the, the same name as Jesus... You can't tell by the name who's going to be the Antichrist. I mean, because I've met Jesus. He's a nice guy. I used to drive him around because he lost his license. But, right. You know. <laughs> right. Um, so you just have to, you just have to, everything has to line up. Everything has to be in agreement. But, again, if you're living clean, if you're living right, if you're doing life for Christ, um, then you're going to be part of the church that gets called away. Um, and this is not our situation, uh, but it is something that we need to make those that we suspect are going to get left behind aware about. Yes. <laughs> um, perhaps we're going through this and doing this teaching so that um, when we do get called out, there will be a teaching that will help them to understand everything that's going on. I don't know why. God said teach it, so we're teaching it. Next week, hopefully we'll get to chapter we, Next week we'll start. We will get to chapter 14. Next week we will start <laughs> in chapter 14. Who knew all of that was in chapter 13? Glory to God. And I will say this glory to God. Praise the Lord. 
Who thought that preaching Revelation 13 would get somebody into the kingdom of God? I'll get it from you in just a minute. Uh, last Wednesday, Mr. Cam received salvation. So who thought, right? It's amazing what God can do. Thank you, Jesus. We're so thankful to have him in the family. No, you may not receive my purple pen. I will take my purple she pen back. Stealing it from me, so. No, this one is mine. Nice try. No, this one is mine. That's right. right. That's right. Just set your face on purple on, on really nice purple pens, and maybe Jesus will bless you. Purple pens. Glory <laughs> to God. You want to bless? Huh? Yeah. Yes. Come on. <laughs> He's doing the back. Escherettes. <laughs> you can just be an usher. That'll be fine. There are male and female ushers. Bless the, bless the offering. Oh, Lord. We thank, we thank you for your word today, and we thank you for being here with us. We thank you that, that this word has fallen on good ground because we come expecting to hear the words that are just for us, and we receive those words with a good and faithful heart. Lord, we thank you for that, and we thank you that it will grow in our lives and bear fruit in our lives and the lives of those that we come in contact with, because we will share that fruit to all that, that will listen. Thank Lord, we, we, we want to see your work done here on earth as it is in heaven, and we know that takes finances, so we will give into your kingdom. We will we give of give. our first fruits. We, we, will, we give. will give offerings. Yes, Lord, we just ask that you bless this offering, that it go further than we could ever ask, hope, or think towards the furthering of your work, Lord, and that, that just out of thank a consequence you. that you also bless us, that we can become a bigger blessing. Thank and we you, thank Father. you for that. We thank you that, that, uh, that you have given us the, the ability to rebuke the devourer, and we do so. Satan, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You must leave. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You will not affect our health. You will not affect our finances. You will not affect our families or, or the things that we have in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that the seed that is sowed is given upon the good ground and that you'll cause it to be pressed down, shaken together, running over, and an abundant flow to the people. Father, we thank you that the word is true, the word works, that we have claimed that, that we need financially. We've bound Satan, we've charged the angels, and that the word is working. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. Thank you, Father. You can serve the people. Glory to God.